Okay, you probably the sweat on my head at the moment. Yeah, uh, functioned. Mm-hmm. It just made me call. Decided to stop working. Getting a new computer. I was like, basically, we need a new computer because this is. Uh, I don't trust this computer. You know, it broke before, and mm-hmm. I said I don't even know why it's working now because normally it should be broken. And as I said that today, it's just malfunctioned on me. So I'm sitting here like, oh no, I can't believe that. I got a podcast in a minute. Oh no. But uh, luckily, luckily for phones, I got two. I got. I got, I got two phones. I was actually cool. supposed to invite someone on, actually. Let me see if we can still get around. Hold on one sec. Um, I'm going to see if I can get around. I mean, we're live now. Sorry, I want to apologise to the fans, of course. Sorry, without the music today, we're, um, I'm in stress. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Take two And uh, Yeah, breath. so... <laughs> a deep breath. <sighs> oh. Okay, let me get this. How are you doing, how are you? Good. How's your day? How are you anyway? Good, good. It's rainy here. How are you anyway? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Wait, are you in the, wait, are you in the, you're in the Midwest? Isn't it no. always raining in the Midwest? I'm on the East Coast, right outside yeah, of then. DC. It's, I guess it's... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, isn't I don't know if that's nice. Is it nice there? It always seems nice. Oh, look at my hair, man. I didn't even get my hair sorted, man. Yeah. A mess. <laughs> Don't worry about crazy, it. You look fine. Crazy Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks. All right. Let me see if I can put this um, phone up. Wait there. Uh, one okay. second. Okay. I'm going to squeeze this in here like this. So, uh, yeah. Welcome to Black. Upper lips as usual. With me, I'll start out today. We've got our special guest returning, Mrs. Smalls. Hi. So always to be with you. You know, you know, I want to ask you, how's R. Kelly? <laughs> in jail. <laughs> He's in jail. Oh God. I need oh, can I get this? Can I get this to stay on? My life is crazy today. Wait, one sec, one sec. Oh, this is gonna have to wait. I know what I'm gonna do. Wait, one sec. I'm oh, gonna see my I've just got the blue screen of death. I can show you in a second what my computer is saying. Okay, that's fine. Jesus Christ. Sorry, sorry. So much for being a professional, is that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was just on a roll last week because I just started picking up, you know, I started getting all professional and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I guess you can kind of see me like this. I wish it was a bit more up, but actually, I know what I do. I turn this about this. I turn this around. So, yeah, perfect. Okay, so uh, Black History Month. Last Yay. week we spoke about, uh, yeah, it's a great month. It's a great month. It's, it's our month, isn't it? Uh, last week we spoke about um, what is Black History, basically, where it was started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, what does it mean to us? So actually, what does Black History Month mean to you? You know, <laughs> that's an interesting question, <laughs> Alastalio, because, it, you know, I, I get excited. Let me first start off by saying I get excited because, you know, um, everyone is talking about black history, right? But it frustrates me because it's one month. I mean, we hear about white history and Anglo-Saxon history all year long, Mm -hmm. right? And so we only have this one month that we focus on the people who really helped to build specifically our country, but other nations within this world. So it's, so I have sort of a bittersweet feeling towards Black History Month, <laughs> if that okay. makes actually, sense. What did, what did um, one guy said? Actually, Black history is actually American history when you look yes. at it. Because without the Black people, 
the, the country would never really get off the ground like it did. You know, Absolutely. they had to get a, a huge portion of us to obviously build their roads and their industries. Infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, obviously without us, it would never have taken place. So in, a fa- in fact, it shouldn't even be a Black History Month. It should be, you should actually have a White History Month mm-hmm. <laughs> and then have the rest of the time you should be learning about Black History. Another thing that's stressing about obviously Black History is that it's always associated with um, slavery. Mm-hmm. That that seems to be what Black History is. And I actually had a lot of notes on my computer, which I'm really sad because it's gone now. So I'm going to have to try and go off my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it started with slavery, but Black History goes before that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. That's the part we're never taught. We're never taught, okay, what was happening before we were slaves. All we're taught mm-hmm. about is, okay, a few million Black people went across to America. Mm-hmm. Half of them died on the, on the river or in mm-hmm. the sea. And the rest of you came and just went for white folks for 400 mm-hmm. years. You know, so it's, it's one of those kind of uh, weird relationship things mm-hmm. that you're going to have with this cold blackish month. Um, so that, that leads me to the next question. How far back can we teach black history? Like, seriously, because right now, like I said, we teach slavery mm-hmm. in schools. Mm-hmm. But like, if you try and teach before slavery, you would have to go back to Africa, wouldn't you? You'd have to, mm-hmm. or there could be some evidence to suggest that there was black people in America before the black people that came over on the boats, mm-hmm. like the the Indian people and the Indian is that just sorry that's racist. What do they call it? The natives? No, which was the natives. One of them is not politically correct anymore. I think. Native uh, American, yeah, Indian is refers to those that are actually from (laughs) India now. Um, It's Uh, it's Native Americans, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so to to answer, yeah, like I said, this. this... Oh yeah, I mean, carry on, carry on. No, I I was just gonna say that. I was just saying that, yeah. Everything you said is is correct. Our history started, you know, as far as we're taught in school from a boat and, and, and we don't go far enough back. And especially with my kids, I've been teaching them on my own that before we arrived in America, we were kings, queens, and business persons in our own land. We had our own land before um, slavery even existed and the transatlantic slave trade. So, and, and the thing about it is black history is everybody's history, right? Because yeah. civilization began in Egypt, okay? Yeah. So we need to talk about the pyramids that we built and all of those other things that we don't share with our children. But the problem is, you know, when you control the story, you make yeah. yourself win. And so yeah. we've got to start writing, changing the narrative and controlling the story instead of allowing someone else to control the stories. We need to start writing textbooks and so on so that we, we make sure that the story is told correctly, not the whitewashed version, for lack of better terms. Yeah, yeah. That's actually funny you said that because I remember watching stuff about Egypt a long time ago when I was little. Because obviously in Europe, mm-hmm. we're not taught, wow, we don't have a Black History. Actually, I found that we do have our Black History Month. It's actually in October, mm. but it's uh, brushed under the carpet. Oh, uh, really? Our guest next week's hopefully going to try and um, fill us in on the, in the British Black History, which mm-hmm. we would be more connected to, obviously, to the Caribbeans and the, the Caribbean influx mm-hmm. in the, after the war, the Second World War, and the African people coming like in that connection mm-hmm. uh, i believe there was slavery too but it was a little bit less it was actually um i, I, I read this book i don't know if it was actually in this book or mm-hmm. another book and they were saying slavery started off it was actually a british thing oh, yeah. they were the first ones to start it and then they were the first ones to abolish it as well mm. they were the first ones to start it look this is a good idea come america take us take the slaves take the slaves when mm-hmm. america was being built and mm-hmm. then after they were like no we're against slavery so mm-hmm. they kind of quickly got out just on time to look mm-hmm. good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The classic. So anyway, going back to my original point, I was saying um, Egypt, when I was growing up, I always thought, I never knew Egyptians were black. Mm-hmm. I thought Egyptians were light-skinned, 
like uh, maybe European people with dark hair and green eyes. Mm. Yeah, really, I was like, wait there. It, why am I being? And that's that's the I think that's the danger. It's dangerous to, um, like, when what the wrong person's telling the story. It's dangerous because they can then, like you said, they can paint that picture and completely wipe out your history, which is pretty much done. Like there's a lot of black people walking around and they don't know anything about themselves, unfortunately. And that's why we're here trying to <laughs> bring people up, you know, learn together, basically. Absolutely. And, and that's so, yes, many of the facts have been manipulated, you know, and so I, but our culture as mm. as black people is so rich. You know, I, I love that Africa is filled with mm. so many different cultures and subcultures and different type of people with different levels of melanin within their skin tone. But if you're taught this one thing, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to mm. to accept when you see um, other truths before you. I will tell you, I'm from I'm from South Carolina, right, and. Slavery in mm. our country started, for the most part, in the South. There's still lots of slave ports and so on in the South. And when you grow up in the South, it especially during the time that I grew up, grew up it, it was very, it wasn't very diverse. It was just white and mm. black, white stayed over here, black stayed over here, right? So when I moved to DC, yeah. which was more of a melting pot, I'll be honest with you, I was totally cultural shocked because I never, I, you know, to see yep. someone with skin like mine speak French so fluently, I was like, wait a minute, where yeah. are you from? Or, you know, you meet people from Eritrea or, you know, Ethiopia and you're like, oh, wow, where is that? You know, it's North Africa. Oh, wow. You know, and you learn. Yeah. And, and to learn about their culture. And so that's what we should do is try to learn from each other, learn each other's culture and embrace yeah. differences um, yeah. that we have instead of, you know, pushing people away that don't think like us or don't look like us or whatever the case is. That, that's what this country has been built on is rejecting people yeah. that are different. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, and that leads me to my next point. Um, basically, what happened with the the black religion, you know, because obviously we came across from Africa, and there must have been some sort of there must have been people practicing. Because I can't imagine they just took a generation of kids across, so they was taking adults and and people who have already been raised in the culture, mm -hmm. but across Africa. But for some reason, we're told not to practice their natural religions. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we, like, like obviously it's Christianity. And regardless of what we think, you know, Christianity is there and it's a good religion. Um, like all religions are, they're pretty, they all have, they're all based on, like, living good and truths and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but what I've always wondered is, where did our true religion come from? You know, because they'll just be like, yeah, you guys are into voodoo, do magic and stuff and mm -hmm. ubia. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like, yeah, well, there must have been a, our equivalent to Jesus back in the day. Because mm -hmm. when we look at the picture now, we see Jesus and we say, okay, we can't really identify with him because he doesn't really look like us. So it's like, okay, I gotta trust this guy. But back mm -hmm. then, because to us, our lives, have all, we've always been slaves. We've always been struggling. Mm -hmm. So to us, this guy was from back then, mm -hmm. was the guy we're supposed to look up to. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was talking about us. So what do you think about the whole religion thing? I think, is this something that should be taught to, like, in the, um, history, Black history, our religion as well, or if we can even find it? You know, that's a great question. Religion amongst the Black <laughs> community is complicated <laughs> at best. And, and I'll tell you why. So, so before yeah, slavery definitely. happened, when we were in Africa, we had our own religion, right? We, we kind of made up as we go along our own thing, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine we came here to this country mm -hmm. and we were told to believe a certain thing. They gave us a version of the Bible in which they ripped out, you know, certain portions and uh, focused on certain portions to keep us 
submissive slaves to keep us in bondage and so on. And like you said, they showed us a picture of a God or a Jesus mm. that didn't look like us. He looked more so like the people that yeah. have captured us, that enslaved us, right? So I think on one hand, yeah. us, you know, one of the things you look for in religion is your identity, right? Um, religion is a part, it's, it's huge for many people because it's a part of you. Yeah. And it's yeah. traditions, right? And so you look for your identity. So I think as black Americans, mm -hmm. we felt lost because here we are, we're like, we're worshiping this God who is no different in terms of the picture mm -hmm. they gave us and the people that enslaved us, right? So I think that's the confusing part about it. Yeah. But especially here for us in America, we have to realize that there were some people that found the version of the Bible that showed how God freed us Egyptians from mm. slavery historically. And so they use that as a means to get their freedom, to, to, uh, mm. to fight for their freedoms, to fight to get slavery abolished, right? And so we yeah. really have to, and, and, and also what we have to remember, the black church is where a lot of those conversations started. The black church is where we would have talks about slavery, where we would get mm. hope. Because as a slave, I would probably, honestly, if I couldn't get freedom, I'd probably kill myself, just to be honest. But you have to imagine there was some level yeah. of hope yeah. to help them keep going on. So that that's probably the only reason why we're here today is because our ancestors had hope and that hope came from the Bible, not the whitewashed Bible, but the Bible in its entirety, where it mm -hmm. showed that God did so much to free people for yeah. life. And it says in the Bible, rebuke oppressors. Oppression is not from God. Yeah. Not from God. That is not how he designed for us to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I, I think it makes it complicated because now I see a lot of people turning away from Christianity, especially specifically Black Americans. Where a lot of us, especially the younger generations, um, the Zillennials and so on, they're starting to turn away because they're looking for identity. You know, they're looking yeah. for ourselves and they're starting to worship ancestors and, you know, they're going back to the practices of voodoo and all of those other things and so forth, because they're still mm. searching, you know, and, and a lot of times it's hurts that have happened within the black, within the church as well. And that can happen in whatever church you go to, but people get hurt and then they, you yeah. know, renounce the whole thing and turn to something totally different. Yeah. I think it's a uh, it's interesting because I also feel like um, back in the day, like the people used to have a more direct connection to God. Maybe in Africa, maybe it was like that that we had a more connect a direct connection to God, so we knew how to listen to different like senses and feelings we have in our body, you know. But the moment we were shown that God is external somehow, even though He's not, He's actually internal, so He exists in all of us. Mm -hmm. We were told by the, our oppressor that actually, you know, he's out there and you have to go to this building and you're going to find him there and you're going to pray every day. I think that's what's, what, what, went, what got lost when we transitioned from Africa to the Americas or Europe. So um, that's what I think it's the same when you look at women too. Like uh, if you go to Africa and you see the way the women look after their babies, mm -hmm. you know, they breastfeed them for a year or two or mm -hmm. for as long as they want. You know, they know when they've got their menstrual cycle. You know, they, they know all these natural things. Whereas in America, it's kind of like, okay, you do this, you do this, you take this milk here, you buy it. And it's like, oh, hold on a second, but haven't we got this built into us somehow? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's kind of got lost in respect to religion mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the culture. I think this is also something that really belongs to African history as well. I think it would be good for, especially our Black women, you know, this discussion about the hair. I think you wrote a really uh, great... Um, article about the the girl who glued her hair with, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the girl who glued her hair with the gorilla glue mm -hmm. um i don't even know how you would make this mistake I, I, i'm sorry i just wouldn't know but i do understand that there is a discussion we need to have about going back to the natural state 
and mm-hmm. showing the oppressor that actually we're all right the way we are. Because even me, I have my hair like this. And look, I said to you, oh, my hair's a mess. I shouldn't even care if my hair looks like this. But I know when I go out sometimes, because obviously I live in Germany, and I go out sometimes and I get people looking at me like, like I'm like just run out of a zoo. And um, I, I get nervous. Like I'm like, so I can imagine what it's like for the woman who, who's, you know, it's the only way to do her hair is why she wants to straighten her hair and stuff like this. So I'm, cause I get nervous as well. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's looking at me and then people are trying to touch it and stuff. And like, Oh yeah. It's so great. And they, I think they genuinely actually like it. People try to like, touch it. Yeah, of course. Of course. In Germany. Oh, that's a no, no here. We don't do that. <laughs> That's a huge we're going, here. We're going mm-hmm. back though. We're going back in time. In America, you guys are forward. You're advanced. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're advanced in America. It's, it, you, you guys are in the future. When you go to even in England, they're in the future. But if you come to Germany, you gotta go back about 50 to 70 years. What? That's where the Germans are at the moment. The German uh, Europeans, they're back about 50. So they're just um, it's it's weird, like a lot of Germans first interact. Was black, black people was in the Second World War. It was like when uh, um, the, the the war was going on. The military, the American military, and I know there was one story where the girl saw the black American first time, and he offered her some sweets, and she took off. She just ran in the direction. She could. She she was scared and like hell. Oh really? So um, yeah. So. What happened when the Americans left? Obviously, there was a couple who stayed, married, got themselves German wives and stuff and stayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone left. And then there wasn't that many black people here until like the last, I would say the last 20 years of like, coming back. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, it was like, don't go to Germany because it's racist and there's this and this and this. And to be fair, it, it, it's true, but um, <laughs> it's still a nice place to live get past all that stuff you know and stay keep the DL you know stand, uh, yeah, stay stay low you know and just and don't stand out I mean it's hard anyway especially with hair like this um Alistalia your you your gonna, your computer is kind of your system uh, is going in and out uh, FYI just try and blend in and you'll be all right you'll be fine like anywhere else I guess so um, yes, that actually that leads me to another about the black culture because if you see, is it is it the volume or is it the picture or how is it? The picture and sometimes the volume. Hello. I can't hear you now. Can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? Can Can you hear me? I can hear you now. The volume. Oh, I don't know what I don't know what that is. Uh. Can you hear me? I can, I can hear, hear you. you. Can you hear okay, me? Can't hear you anymore. Um, let me know if that happens. If anything, I'll switch. Okay. Um, what I wanted to say was... Uh, oh, sure. Wait. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. I'm actually, hello? I'm here. I can hear you. Can you I hear see. me? You can hear me. Okay. Um, yeah, I can hear yeah, loud and clear. I don't know if they're in there. Uh, I don't know why. But... Hello? Okay, it seems like we're having a bit of a connection problem at the moment. I will check and see if that's on my end or if I can it's hear on you now. Can you hear me? our guest's end. Hello? I can hear you now. Can you hear? Can you? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Loud and clear. Okay. Perfect. Hold on one sec. Can you, is it like, is it still dropping in or now? You sound fine now. I, don't know if, um, I just can't see you. It's my internet. Are you dropping in now or is it still going? I sound it's fine now. now. You can't it's see fine. me. I can't see you though. Are you see me? Hold on. Let me see. Can you see me now? Nope. It's black. Black screen. Can you see me? Nope. Oh, this is terrible. Oh. 
That's all we call. That's all we call as a black up lips. Wait one sec. I'm gonna see if I can um, transfer my. Okay. Now meet this picture. Uh, so yeah, I see. If you can hear me anyway, what I was gonna say was um, the black culture. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something we did for any of us, obviously, with the drums mm-hmm. and the music, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the rhythm, the dancing and stuff like this. Uh, and I think a lot of uh, things that are... Wait, I'm seeing if this is a work now. It's a work now. I can hear you, but an echo. <laughs> can you hear me now? Can you see I me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, I'm going to set for 10. I can hear and see you now. Twice, actually. <laughs> All right. So um, basically, what I was saying was um, to culture. Oh man, I've actually got an echo in my ears. I'm so sorry, man. This is terrible. It's okay. Okay. Let me get this in. This out. Okay. Switch phones. As I expected, I would need to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like I was saying, um, yeah, one thing we brought across with us was the culture. Mm-hmm. But I think what's happening is if you if you look at the way the culture's going, it's almost like everything black people used to do mm-hmm. has kind of changed hands. If you look at it now, it's like it's almost like, but black people used to do that. Black people, like rock and roll, for example, rock and like music, or good being good dancer in it. It's almost like I could imagine in the next um, hundred years, you won't even know that black people started R and B, black black people started blues, black people started you know dance. So you won't you won't know because, and this is why I think black history is very important to keep this alive. You know, I had a guy tell me once in Germany again, you know, because German people are a bit funny. He told me that hip-hop was created by Germans. Yeah. I was like, that's exactly how I looked. I was like, who the hell told you this? I was like, yo, NAACP, come and kill this guy. We can't have anything. And that's the thing. It's it's frustrating a little bit because we want, I mean, we we've, Everything we've done has been taken. It, it, it's like, what's what's the name of the story about the woman who they took her cells and her cells are used in most of the vaccines today and they never mm. gave her family credit. Okay. Um, it's called the Hilo Cell. It's a great book. I'll, I'll uh, message it That's to you. Yeah, but yeah. Um, this woman they they started doing she went in for a black woman she went in for a procedure at johns hopkins medical center and they started because her cells were unique um they Mm -hmm. started using them and testing them and experimenting on them without her even knowing it and okay and they took that made all of these treatments and so on and vaccines many of the things we still use today and never credited her family so i'm i'm drawing that whole point to say that's what's frustrating is because i believe as black america we feel that so many things we've contributed to society have been robbed and taken from us yeah and it's like and so that's why it's so important that we tell our stories via podcast, via books, whatever your your modem is, we have to tell our story. So our kids, our kids' kids will know the truth because just like the German guy came up to you and said they created hip hop, you know, and and here now being black is cool in America in a sense that, you know, people will pay um, to have our full lips. They will pay to get injections. Yeah. I'm talking top dollar. Look at the Kardashians. You know, they've taken our entire look, so to speak. So now it's yeah. being cool, being black is cool. But here at the same time, one thing that really hurt us is, is black people. We embraced assimilation. 
right? Yeah. Back when we were fighting for civil rights, we embraced assimilation because we wanted to get ahead. We wanted a seat at the, at, at the table and embracing assimilation for us meant we had to let go of our culture, meant we had to start yeah. straightening our hair. We had, we felt we had to stop, you know, with, with the, um, you know, natural, more natural and ethnic hairstyles. We had to mm -hmm. speak their form of English and so forth so that we can fit in. Yeah. We left our communities yeah. for the suburbs and to live in white communities because it, we felt that meant we have arrived. And when we did that, we abandoned yeah. the intangible community that we still need. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. so the biggest, yeah. one of the biggest things that hurt us is assimilation. But I also feel like there are enough of us that have a seat at the table that we should be mm. able to change sort of what the corporate American look is, right? Yeah. yeah. And so when we, so for me, if someone comes to interview for a job and they have hair like yours and they come to the interview looking like that, as long as you have the credentials needed, it shouldn't matter what your hair looks like. Who's to say, you know, that's a subjective view to say your hair is a mess or whatever the case is. Who's to say, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think if we, if we, those of us who are at the table, we open the doors for others that have embraced more of the ethnic look, we can change the perception and we can change what's a corporate fit or not. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Okay, let me see. I need to get my next question up. Where's my questions? 21 questions. <laughs> okay, actually, uh, leading on to that, um, obviously, there was uh, a lot of um, robbery. Actually, the thing is, I don't know how much we could actually go into that, but we could probably kind of join it. There was a lot of robbery of inventions that a lot of black oh, yes. people did. Like, uh, I think we spoke a little bit about it last week, but the guy, the guy who invented the the light bulb, I can't remember his name now. It doesn't, it slipped away from me. Not um, Edison. Edison didn't invent the light bulb, mm -hmm. but he stole it off another guy. Also, the um, George Washington, was it, no, what was his name? George Washington, someone Washington, or was it Booker T. Washington? The one who invented the peanut. We found mm -hmm. all the uses for George the peanut. George Washington Carver, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, but these stuff are not really, it's not spread. It's not widespread, you know what I mean? The refrigerator, I know a guy, it was a black guy, I can't, so I can't remember the names at the moment, I had it all in the list. Um, the guy who invented the refrigerator, the the the, um, the five lady astronauts, mm -hmm. and all these guys, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of things that black people never really got respect for, you know, and the fact that, you know what's even more strange, is no one told us it was actually black people getting these positions. So to me, I'm still thinking, you know, Barack Obama was the first guy to ever get like a, an important position. Yes, really? 2008, Barack Obama, he's the first guy who made it to the top. He did it. There was never a police officer, a lawyer, you know, a banker. There was never, to me, there was never a black, another black person. It was Barack Obama who's the first guy. And all of a sudden, slowly they've been like, yeah, but you know, this guy was black and he invented this and this guy was black and she was black. And it's like, wow, really? I didn't know that. And I think a lot of black people sit in that boat like me and think to themselves, wait there, we don't know. We have no one to look up to. All we think, which is a big problem, is black people can be footballers, like athletes, singers, rappers. And, and the thing is, I was one of them ones too. I was the one who lost the whole idea that I could be a musician. Mm -hmm. And when you look at how much there's only like five jobs in the musician, like... Mm -hmm. um, in the, um, the branch, the musician branch. It's like five jobs. It's only five black people who can be famous at a time. And the rest mm -hmm. of us have to like struggle for the, mm -hmm. for the breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. so, um, that's another big problem. If you take away our history, you take away our hope that we could be more than we are. Mm -hmm. So like when I was growing up, all I thought was I'm going to be a bus driver. A bus driver. That was the highest I could, you know, I, wouldn't, I wasn't really? the dumbest guy in the class. I just want to be a bus driver. That was it. I'm, I'm going to be a bus driver. I'm going to drive a bus. I'm going to make $8 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be good. I never thought, let me be a scientist. Let me be a doctor. Let me be a lawyer. Let me be an um, engineer. Because I never thought like this. Because people that look like us that were doing those jobs. 
Exactly, exactly. I just I saw white folks. I saw like like the few Indian guys who were really smart at school, and I was like, for us, there's nothing. And that's why I leaned, leaned towards going into music. And I thought I could make it in music. And I fought for 15 years trying to be a musician, and never got anywhere. Got sent round in circles and circles. You know, yeah, you stay there while I see all my friends making it who weren't black. I was like, hold on a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> so, so yeah, that's um. I get it. And and let me tell you, there's a a larger agenda at play, right? Uh, Behind that, not only is it to keep us at lower level positions, but it's also to say to other white people, right? It's also to tell them when, when, when it's time for them, when they try to run for a position or they apply for a position, you should not hire them or you should not vote for them because they have not ever accomplished anything, right? So that's where that mentality is that why people think we are not smart or we Mm -hmm. do not bring any value is because they never seen it. You know, and that is the crux of racism. And especially when when you go to towns in the deep, deep South of America, and you know these individuals they've never seen anything any any they're, they're not around anyone that challenges their views yeah so the, all they see is black bus drivers um sharecroppers all those types of things they don't see the scientists they don't mm-hmm. see us um you know being owners of yeah. companies like uh, melanie hobson's now the chairman of Starbucks, you know, Mm. they don't see that. So for them, when someone like Barack Obama steps up to run for president, it's like, what is he doing? You know, who dropped the bus? (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, but again, you know, we have to make sure, and and I'm glad, I'm grateful to the media because the media here in US, they will show, especially during this whole COVID pandemic, they will show um, black doctors mm-hmm. who give advice and counsel, who's sitting on uh, prestigious boards, who've won awards and so on. And my daughter loves science. So I will bring her in like, look, you see that girl? She looks just like you yeah. and, she, and she's a scientist. And that gives her a lot of yeah. hope. And she's like, oh, yeah. she can do it. I can do it too, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, representation, when they say representation matters, it does. It, it, it truly does. does. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I was saying to my um, wife the other day, because obviously my kids are mixed. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I, I look at it as, because my kids are mixed, so they can see the black anyway. That's how I look at it. Uh, <laughs> and I was telling my wife, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm not giving it. I'm not giving my kids away, man. They belong to the black race. That's it. I made three more black kids for, for us. <laughs> uh, and I was like, uh, she was like, yeah, I want to be a singer. And I was like, you're not being a singer. I said, oh, my dead buddy. And I know that's really wrong for me to say. She should be allowed to do what she wants because, you know, she's her own human. But I'm going to make sure. I said, look, you can be a singer. You can go and sing, but get a job where you can afford to do that hobby. Because I said, if you're going to try and be a musician and follow in my footsteps, you're going to meet a lot of disappointments. You might make it. I mean, you you might make it. But I said, like she also said, I would, would like to be a dentist. I was like, now that's what I'm talking about. Be a dentist. Work hard to be a dentist. Yeah, true. Work hard to be a dentist. Show other black people that you can be a dentist. And then you can also sing on the side. Great. Great job. Great future. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think it's really important for me, you know, for my three kids that they do something decent. And if they want to do all this other stuff, I'll let them know. Yeah, it's good to do. It's fine if you want to go play football. And if you have a chance to do uh, mm-hmm. play, ride horses or whatever. But I want to make sure they know, I mean, this education to get a job that I want you to help people. I want you to, I think black people need to be in jobs where they help people more. So people can look and say, yeah, but that black guy saved my life. Yeah. He saved my life. Cause mm-hmm. once we're doing that, you know, we're then in the position of, oh, we trust these guys. Cause we know yeah. they're going to come and save us. Black mm-hmm. firemen, black, black police officers, black doctors, you know, that that's where we need to sit. As long as we're not like, and trust a plus, I remember one time, like, I don't know how it is for you, but I remember when I was younger, in England, I was raised in England, obviously, so when I was being raised, I went to the dentist once, mm-hmm. and, um, like, I needed a tooth doing, something was wrong with my tooth, the guy was just like, I'm going to pull it, pulled it out, and just said, okay, go away, 
And I was, and I was, my mouth was bleeding for like three or four days after. I was like, what the hell, man? What did that guy do to my tooth? Mm-hmm. Um, I only realized when I went to the dentist again that he, he was supposed to stitch it up, but he didn't do that. He just pulled my what? tooth and let me go. Wow. So, yeah. So I was like, was that like an, a racial attack? You know, was that because he didn't like me? You know, wow. he just, he didn't stitch up my tooth. He left it and he bled for four days. I had like a huge wow. swollen mouth. Yeah, I didn't know that I was only like 14 or 15 or something, or 13 or 14 or something. So I was a young guy. And uh, I, like, I think about that now and I think to myself, oh my God, I went to the dentist. The guy, he did something to me that which could have caused me more problems than it was supposed to because he probably didn't like the way I looked, mm-hmm. you know? Because I moved to... Yeah, because I moved to an area where it was majority European people. There weren't really many black people there. So it was highly likely that this guy tried to do me harm, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something, that's why I would like to see more people of our ethnicity uh, in play, positions of power so I can look at him and think, okay, he's not going to do it based on the fact that I'm this colour, you know, or, yeah, or, you know, I think that's... Um, and then I... Th- I think also it helps us to build trust within our own community as well, because I, I don't know if you guys are having this issue, but with, in terms of the COVID vaccine, a lot of black Americans are refusing to take it because medicine hasn't always been kind to us. Like they've experimented on us. They tried to, you know, kill us and so on when we would go seek out medical care. So a lot of black people are refusing. So what I've done is, and I'll send you a link if you want to hop on too. I have a, she's originally from Africa and she came to the United States. She's a doctor. She's now the director of um, one of our counties health department and she's mm. going to talk about the vaccine and, and mm. you know specifically she's talking to us the black community yeah. so that's why it's so important because if we hear this information from someone that looks like us we know you have our best interest at heart right yeah, and so yeah. you're gonna tell us like hey don't take the vaccine <laughs> experimenting on you they're going to inject you with syphilis like they did the Tuskegee Airmen. And, you know, that yeah. that didn't happen so long ago. Yeah, and it was so not long ago. Like Tuskegee Airmen, some of them, I believe a couple are still alive. Yeah. So, so that is still fresh. And as I said, you know, previously, we are still suffering from the wounds, the hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From racism, rejection, and prejudice that has plagued us for so long. And so that's why you get that reaction right now to the vaccine. I can tell you most of my friends are not willing to take the vaccine. <laughs> most of my, everyone I know is not going to take the vaccine. Everybody. Really? So the same thing? <laughs> Everybody I know is not taking the vaccine. Wow. Especially not the first, not the first couple of waves anyway. They're like, like yeah. even me, I'm kind of like, like I've read up about the vaccine. So I'm like, okay, everyone keeps talking. It was rubbish. Let me find out what this is. So I read up a little bit more in depth in it. And when I was reading about it, I was thinking to myself, okay, it doesn't sound that bad, actually. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's a vaccine. It's going to go into your body. It's going to help you build defenses against this virus. And then, you know, it shouldn't do you do harm, so much harm. Because a lot of people are against it, you know. But me, I'm also like, I'll wait for a year or two. I'll look and see what happens with the rest of the people. And then I'll lend myself to the cause, you know. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, we like you said, we are skeptical. We we don't want to be played around with. You know, we've already been punished enough, and we know these guys. Like you said, half these people who tried this back in the day are probably still alive today, making rules and stuff. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying this now as a on a global scale, a global experiment to try and like see what happens with us. I um, hope not. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like you said, I'm going to be interested to see when you send me this link. I'll be interested. I'll even post it on the group. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see what a, yeah, a, a medical professional would say, like out of Africa, because mm-hmm. that, because like t- as far as I know, in Africa they um they don't really have that many cases, so it's not something that they're really busy with. Really, you know? only South Africa, but the rest of Africa is quite quiet. You know, we don't they don't they're, they're chilling. They're like we don't have any COVID. You know, so I don't know why that is? Why they don't have many cases of Af- in Africa? Is it they eat better or? I don't I, I don't know, but even Bill Gates came out and he was like, I don't know why it's not higher in Africa. I have no idea. For some reason, it's just not going up there. Like, he always wanted it to go up. Like, why? It's not working. It's not working. 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, last time I checked, there was really no cases. That's why you could probably still travel to Africa at the moment mm-hmm. and get in with no problems and stuff, you know, move around. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the next question. Uh, the, the, the conversation of moving black people back to Africa <laughs> on a whole scale. Like, I don't know how the Americans think about it. Because there's a lot of talk, obviously, you've got all the different black communities, the idea, DOS, mm-hmm. uh, descendants of slaves who want uh, reparations, and there's all these people, you know, like there's the black, uh, what do they call it, the black woke community, mm-hmm. uh, the, the elders who are talking, you know, Africa, Africa, Africa. But there doesn't seem to be any move for anybody to actually go back to Africa. Do you hear anything about this, or, or do you know anything about this, or would this be actually be a, a possibility for black yeah. Americans? You know, I, I so so I think when when racial profiling became heightened last year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say heightened, I mean it was just exposed. We we all yeah. know racial profiling and injustices always always existed, but it was behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that a lot of people felt uncomfortable being here in the Americas, and so we have a lot of people that are now ex- expats, but I don't think it's just to Africa. I think they're, they're willing to go anywhere where they can feel free racially and they don't feel like they're gonna be gunned down mm-hmm. <laughs> just for, by the color of their skin. And, and then on top of that, you know, justice won't be served. So no. I, I do, so on the one hand that is that, but you know, Marcus Garvey, rest in peace, was a big proponent of that. Um, he had a whole movement on that. And I, it, to be honest, it didn't really go very, very far. Um, I think people, especially black Americans, we've gotten comfortable here, okay? I think, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know we've, we've been here, most of us are not from Africa. You know, we, we're yeah, from America, our ancestor, you know, our, our grandmother, great-grandmother. You know, so it's so we're so far removed from that from the culture. We we are American now, right? And mm-hmm. I think we've gotten comfortable. And and I also think comfort can be a problem because we no longer fight as hard as we did in the sixties. You know, in the sixties, fifties, yeah. we were public enemy number one. We were we were being you know disenfranchised and threatened and intimidated all over the place. So we had no choice but to fight. Now you know we're in corporate America. We're living in nice homes. So we we've gotten so comfortable that we don't fight as hard as we used to. Yeah. So I no one's so a very short answer to you know it was a long answer, but the short answer is nobody's going nowhere. <laughs> 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 so what you so what you guys need to do then is to figure out like 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 the Chinese the Chinese always do right mm-hmm. they have a little Chinatown in every single city yes or any city that's like known there's always a Chinatown always mm-hmm. if the city is big enough so that's what you need to do now is have an African town where there's like where that. we can go yeah that would be I'm, I'm, I swear I'm onto something here you an are African on. town yeah. An African town where you go there, like the Chinese people. I remember when I was in was it San Francisco. I think it was San Francisco or Los Angeles. One of them countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them states, sorry. No, cities. Mm-hmm. It was in California. I was, and, and I was like, what about Chinatown here? And I went in there and I had some food. And I was like, oh my God, this is authentic Chinese food. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. But it was, <laughs> it was authentic. Right. And it was like, everyone there was Chinese. There's all these Chinese people. I thought it was like, all writing on the walls with China, Chinese, everything. And even in my city, where I come from, Birmingham, it's the same. You've got Chinatown. Um, in Germany, too, you have Chinatowns. They speak mm-hmm. German, but they're Chinese people. And you go there, and all the writing is, is in Chinese and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what we need to start maybe focusing on, is have a little African town, where when we go there, it's all African people from different... Because Africa is so diverse, man. you got, like, Uganda, you got Ghana, Nigeria, Senegal... Uh, Egypt, Ethiopia, Somalia, Tanzania. You got all these places, all got different cuisines and different styles, the way they yes. do something. It's like different dances. Mm-hmm. Even the dance, the way they dance and move is different. And it's like, how is that possible? So you could have that in this little African town, which should be set up everywhere. And I think then we'll get recognition. 
just like you got with the Chinatown, Chinese people get recognition as well the same way. You know, that's, that's, I would that's think. actually a great Going idea. Forward. I don't know how you'd start that. Yeah, it's, it's a great idea because there's a little Italy in almost every major city as well. There you go. Which is the same yep. concept. And an Irish pub. Yep, exactly. But here, here's the issue is, you know, many Black Americans have a very negative view of Africa, right? Because they've only seen the image oh, yeah. of Africa, you know, with the starving babies running around with the flies drawn to them. And, you know, they think that they don't have... <laughs> the plate lip. Yes, they don't think... <laughs> they don't think they have, like, paved roads and air conditioning, you know, the modern amenities. So they look yeah. down on it, but that's out of sheer ignorance that mm. they look down on it because some of the best beaches, some of the prettiest areas Mozambique. in Africa. Yeah. 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 My, my husband went to Africa a couple of years ago and he was like, it fascinated me that like all of the billboards, like advertisements, the women that were on advertisements, they were all us. Like they were all. Yeah. It's like, wait. Women. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was like, wow, that's fascinating. So it, it, it's a different experience. So we, we've got to learn here to look um, differently at Africa instead of, instead of seeing it for the images that we were given. Yeah. Because they, they showed us those images to make us, to make us feel like, oh, you should be grateful that you're yeah. here, that you're here, you know, and we bought into it. We yep. bought into that. And I don't want you to go there either. They also make it look like, why would you want to travel there? Look, you're going to go there, you're going to be eaten by a lion. You're going to have to sleep in a mud hut. Yeah. But when you go to Africa, I swear, when you go to Africa, you're like, hold on a minute. This is just like Europe. It looks exactly the same as Europe. Yeah. Exactly the same. Okay, exactly. there's some off-beaten roads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Off the beaten track. Trust me, when you go, and the, and the driving is a bit suspect. Yes. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, though, it's no different to when you're in, like, Asia. Mm -hmm. When you're yeah. in Asia, it's the same. When you go to Thailand, uh, Thailand or something. Mm -hmm. uh, or even, even Japan is the same. Japan's all futuristic. But you can go to some places where the roads are, like, broken down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, um, yeah, I think that's, that's what, that was the agenda behind it. Look, we don't want you guys to travel to Africa. You should keep your money in America. And that's another thing that would really... Black people need to implement that. Everybody, black person, needs to visit Africa. They need to go home. They need yes. to go and have a look. They need to go and have a look and get rid of some of this brainwashing that you've endured over the last, however old you are, in America. Because trust me, there's constant brainwashing going on from the Americans and Europe. It's constant. Every day, white is right. White's the best. Be yes. white. Give your money to us. You're going to be all right. We're going to look after you. We're white. We're the best. But trust me, in Africa, when you go to Africa, man, you feel like I felt comfortable. The only two places I ever felt comfortable was Africa and Brazil. And that's really? because most people look like me. Yeah, yeah. Brazil's the same. Brazil's, the only thing with Brazil is um, it's, it's predominantly black, mm -hmm. but the, the Europeans own everything. Mm. So, like, you see that the people who look like us would be more in the poor areas. Oh. And the lighter you are, the mm -hmm. more, how do you say, uptown you'd live. You know, more in the posh areas. Uh, that's that's the that, like got my nose went to Brazil. Asia has the Asia's same. Asia's the same, yeah, yeah. Asia's the, the same. You see that in the France. Mm -hmm. You got the tall, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, the tall European guys with the banks, with the suits, and mm -hmm. all the darker brown people mm -hmm. on the streets. I was yeah. like, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. So, um, yeah, Brazil. That's why I would like to relocate to Brazil if I can, because I just love Brazil. Well, if I can't if I can't get to Brazil, I'm going to somewhere in Africa. I've got to get away for my kids' sake, for my family's mm -hmm. sake, uh, for my sake. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would encourage you to come to the U.S. Do enough for my... I don't know. I would, I would, you know, I would, I would have to go to Atlanta or something. I'd have to be in Atlanta, Georgia or something. I couldn't be, or Chicago, somewhere where there's like more of my people. You know, I... I I like, don't get me wrong, I like, I, got, I like white folks. I think they're nice people in, in you know, but, but it, it, for me, I've lived around them so long now. I would like to live around my own people for a little bit and, you know, what's up, man? And, you know, people who understand me and people who 
don't look at me like I'm strange or look at my hair, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to be an inspiration to my own people. I don't need to inspire you know, others. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I don't need to inspire anybody else anymore. They're good. They're good to go. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's my plan. And if I can, I'll move to um, somewhere in Africa if I can't get to Brazil. Oh. Definitely. That's on the agenda. I've given, I've given over 30 years to Europe, so it's time for me to give the last part of my life to the, to the homeland. Wow. And, uh, I love it. Yeah, that, that's the plan. That's the plan. All right, good. Um, I was just, is there anything else you want to add on today? I think. Uh, uh, no, uh, buy my books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Books. Guide, healing most of the world. I'm still waiting to read this book. You didn't, did you waiting. get it? I never got my book. Oh my God. I sent it months ago. Oh my God. I'll put another really? one. I don't know what happened, honestly. Just, and just send me an invoice. It didn't get returned to you either. No, Someone took so it. Somewhere out there. They go to, they go for Atlanta. Maybe a black girl saw it for. Oh, I need this book. <laughs> like, yo, thank you, Wade. Thanks for the book. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So by uh, Nijama, Nijama, Najama, Najama, Najima, Najima, Najima. Buy Naja's book. Yes. Uh, I'll post the link on the page uh, as usual. I'm looking forward to getting my copy. Uh, yeah, this book. Whenever that is. Actually, actually, quickly before you go, what's been going on? Because you've been getting a lot of um, publicity from the book, haven't you? A lot of people. Yeah. Been... Yeah. I released another book. You, you like two you books. Another book. Yes. I released I'm another too... book, The Black Girl's Guide to Healing Emotional Wounds. It's a devotional, it takes it day by day healing our wounds mm-hmm. and addressing our issues day by day. Um, yeah, I've been busy, you know, promoting the book. I've been speaking at conferences and so yeah. on. So, you know, I'm just excited because so many people read it and they heal from it. And even men, listen, men, if you're out yeah. there, grab the book. It will help you understand Black women and how to prevent um, further wounds. Even women of other, other color have been... Yeah. Uh, diving in and, and gaining something from it as well. So pick it up. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I look forward to getting my copy. I want to read this. Never even my daughters. And then my family, my sisters. My sisters need more than anything. They're all broken. They're broken. Oh. They're all done. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yes, then um, thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you again for sure. Maybe we're going to do... Um, we were doing now um, the Black Opolis podcast in format. So this month we'll do Black um, History. Mm-hmm. Next month we'll do Inspiration. But oh. I want to do, I've got someone, actually I had someone on recently. She was a writer too. She was mm-hmm. doing erotic, uh, Black erotic. Who's the Black woman who writes erotic books? She's uh, Terry McMillan? No. I, I, don't know if it's that, I don't know if it's that's name. I was hoping you would know so I can go, yeah, that's it. Um, I don't know, there's a famous Black woman. She was really a big fan of her and she started writing erotic books. Mm. Um, Kay Spence, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna try and do a month where we just have writers on. Oh, that'd be cool. And then I'll get you back on for that. Perfect. It's all in the pipeline. First, I'm gonna do those repair my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much for being with us, guys, and uh, have a good night. And we'll thank see you guys you. next week. Yes, thank Bye. you, Bye. 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 Bye.